I feel I feel weird about how I've reacted to in, in this episode. Excellent. Altogether. I think that's really good. <laughs> I think that may I think that spells for a good episode. You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. You have arrived at your destination. So this is, I'm going to go ahead and do this early. This is Comic Creatives Podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, reach out to us and let us know what you want us to talk about, and we might. <laughs> we might. <laughs> we might do it. That's what we're doing today. I mean, yeah. it worked this time. Uh, this topic was sent to us as a suggestion by an anonymous listener. So uh, it's yeah. it's a little scary, <laughs> but... Um, the topic or the anonymity? <laughs> we're not afraid. Show yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Show yourself. <laughs> That's very good. Um, yeah, so reach out to us. Instagram is Common Creatives Podcast. And on G- at Gmail, it's uh, Common Creatives Podcast at gmail.com. Reach out. Let us know what you want us to talk about, et cetera, et cetera, blah, 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 blah. Here we are. Blah, 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 ha, 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 blah, 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 ha, ha, ha. Joe, before we get into this, I've been watching a lot of movies lately. Um, I, I've, I've been following on, yeah. on instantaneous, gram. <laughs> instantaneous grandpa. And I, I, I have this weird thing where, and I was telling Chris this, I've watched a bunch of movies and I just, and I think I told you this, I just got on Letterboxd, the app. Yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah. I think um, I followed you, right? I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I just got on there and I'm realizing just how many damn movies I've seen in my life. I've seen yeah. a lot of movies. I've rated probably around 500 on that app, and I yeah. know I haven't, like, that ain't it. Like, there's lots of movies that I'm forgetting or I haven't yeah. come across yet that I haven't rated or whatever. But the weird thing is, is I still kind of don't think of myself as, like, a movie guy. Do right. you know what I mean? Sure. Which yeah. is weird. Uh, yeah, you should you should think of yourself <laughs> as a movie guy. I know. I mean, I've I've only logged, like, like 300 movies on sure. it. Yeah, but I mean that's yeah. that that's very passively doing it. Like yeah. when I watch a movie now, I'll like click it in there maybe if I remember. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, just, I do I do love Letterboxd. I just spent a couple hours like going through and making some lists of like I want to see this. Um, you know these these are my favorites. This I've mm-hmm. seen before, but I want to watch again. That kind of stuff, and then also yeah. just rating anything I've seen. Yeah. And I've seen so many <coughs> movies, but I don't. And I wonder if that has something to do with the fact that, like, I don't really have any aspiration to make a movie. And so I don't think of myself as a movie person because I feel like most movie people are like, oh, no, I'm a, I'm a filmmaker as well. You know I, what I, I mean? feel like it's there's two groups. Yeah. Most movie people are, I am going to create a movie or I am going to write and critique movies. Yeah. Write about and critique movies. Yeah. So, like, you're either a critic or yeah. you're a, a, a filmmaker. Yeah, that makes um, sense. And and I would certainly fall closer to the critics' side because I do sure. like... I like doing and listening to movie criticism. I like listening about it and thinking about, like, the format and the artistic choices that are made and this kind of stuff. But even the format itself doesn't, like, rev my engine in the same way that, like, comics do. And sure. so... 
I don't know. Uh, it's just, I thought that was a strange thought that I had that I was like, I don't really consider myself a movie guy. Like, I think of you as a movie guy, obviously. Yeah. And I'm like, I've seen enough movies for me to, to feel that way, but I just kind of don't. And I wonder why that is. So. Yeah. Well, I don't really consider myself like an ice cream guy. Yeah. But I've eaten a lot but of I've, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Touche. Uh, and maybe. Too maybe. much. <laughs> too much ice cream. But I'm not like. Yeah. Ice cream is not like my thing. It's not like you're you're not uh, Mr. No. Mr. I'm not thinking about. Like, I wouldn't just be. Th- I mean, I guess I am thinking about it right now, but yeah. not in a way that sounds like that good. Right. Right. That was just the first example. Like, I, maybe I'm an sure. ice cream guy. Yeah. You know who. Am uh, I an ice cream guy now? You might be. You know who are ice cream people? Is uh, is the Captain Spaulding and and Baby Firefly from Devil's Rejects? They get ice cream in oh, that movie. Oh, they do. Yeah, I watched that last night. Yeah. So nonetheless, I don't know if that'll tie into what we're talking about or not. But it's just it what was kind just of iPhone thought. do you have? Do you have a button iPhone or do you have a swiper iPhone now? Uh, I still have a button. Okay, never mind. I have a. I have a. Once you get it, if that happens, I have a, a hack. Well, this is what you come here for, is me talking about whether I'm a movie guy and Joe's technological tips. Uh, but talking both about the, the, whether we're movie people and also technology leads us into what we're talking about this week, which is the Minority Report. Somehow. Somehow it leads to that. It, yeah, has, it's the, it has to it's do with tech, tech, and yeah. we're going to talk about adaptation. Um, yeah. Also, I've been calling it Total Recall all week long. Oh uh, yeah, we're gonna do a Total Recall episode. No, damn it. No, that's Minority not, Report. Um, not the same thing. But I do have a fun fact that ties into Total Recall. So okay. Total Recall, the film starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, mm-hmm. was initially the rights. I guess the film rights for Minority Report were gotten by the folks who made that movie, and they were going to make Minority Report. They were going to change the short story enough because Total Recall is also a Philip K. Dick story. They yeah. were going to change it enough and put Arnold in a sequel to Total Recall oh. um, that was based on the story of Minority Report. So they were going to pluck the character out of Total Recall and just put him in a Minority Report situation and make yeah. that be the second movie. Well, um, I mean, <clears throat> regarding like Total Recall in general, like yeah. they they just took the premise like it's just like a cool idea that they wrote their own story around okay um, yeah so like all all the second half of the movie is not part of the philip K- like they okay they took it a step further i didn't know that um, um so i don't know that i've read that story actually that's another one i don't know i haven't I've, i don't know that i've read the story and i'm not even sure i've seen the film actually but i need it's, to do both yeah you need to see it it's yeah. it's it's um it's paul verhoeven right yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. RoboCop, Showgirls, Starship Troopers, all those yeah. movies. Yeah. All the good ones. All the good yeah. movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. But uh, Philip K. Dick, he he writes middle-aged kind of uh, weak men yeah. characters, and then every time mm. his stuff's ad- uh, adapted to film, it's like, <laughs> yeah. not for me. Yep. They're yep. not. They're not. Yeah. Arnold and, exactly. and Tom Cruise and. <laughs> <laughs> muscly action stars so let's talk about yeah. minority report so we uh the the idea that was that was floated to <laughs> us by the listener was to talk about minority report which is initially a short story or a novella it's right on the line of length uh but it's a sci-fi story from 1956 written by philip k dick who's like a just preeminent sci-fi writer um yeah. does a lot of like sort of psychedelic and sur- not surrealist but um nonetheless very very existential and weird science fiction the, yeah it's it's uh larger th- themes yes it's very thematic he's yes. not as worried about like um super intricate like k 
character and yeah. that kind of thing. It's and more e- about even plotting. Sometimes you kind of go like you miss a sentence. And you go, wait, what happened? They're on another planet somehow. Um, yeah, you know things like that. He's certainly yeah. not a. It's not an action story, Minority Report. <laughs> you know? No, <laughs> but the uh, the the idea that was floated to us was to talk about Minority Report, the 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 novella or the short story, as it were, yeah. and then also the film and the sort of themes of sure. adaptation that come up with that. And uh, I thought it was good. I thought it was a good pitch for a, for an episode. So we're doing it. Yeah. Um, well, I had, I had never seen the movie. I hadn't um, either. Actually, I, I hadn't read the the short. St- it's yeah. not it's not a short story yeah it's uh it's, what is it 30 pages or something something like that was it not a lot longer than that i don't think it was <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it was i don't know i don't have it in front of me actually uh, but I don't either. Uh, but um, it was a yeah yeah 30 pages that's not a novella yeah well this says uh i'm looking at the wikipedia page just to get some context and it says science fiction novella but i felt like it was not a full novella but maybe that's just, I don't know. Who knows? Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know Who how knows? long it is. But it's not a novel. It's shorter than that, for sure. Yeah. You uh, know, for me, like, it's his writing is clinical enough to where yeah. I have to go back a lot. Interesting. Um, I'm, I'm more of a, a, a feeling kind of guy and less of a detail kind yeah. of... Clinical's the only word. Like, his, his, his characters come off kind of cl- clinical yeah. and cold and... yes. I think that's accurate. I think that's a reasonable description of not only his characters, but also his sort of prose in general. Yeah, yeah. It's very, yeah, cleanly descriptive. (coughs) Anyway, um, so yeah, clinical makes sense uh, to me. It's very sort of, it's not emotional at all in what he's writing. Yeah. In this story, anyway. Some of his other stories may be different. I haven't read his entire body of work, but I've read read enough of him to kind of get a flavor. So... The story itself, just to give a little bit of context, the story itself was initially published in 1956, and it was published in a sci-fi magazine called Fantastic Universe. And I'm looking at the cover of the Fantastic Universe. I found um, the cover as well. Yeah, it's, it's so cool. Pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so cool. I love that those old sci-fi pulp mm-hmm. covers. Uh, but yeah, the Minority Report by Philip K. Dick is in there. Yeah. And so it's a sort of <laughs> futuristic society to give people context. The futuristic society. It's a lot like the movie if you've seen it, but it's it's a society in which there's a department called pre-crime where they use what are called precogs, which are individuals who have the ability, through some mechanistic help, to see the future and see crimes that are committed in the future. And this way, they can just know who is going to, who is going to commit the crimes, and they can, pre-crime can go ahead and arrest them and get them before the crime is done. Yeah. Um, and according to them, it's... it's reduced crime by what like 99.8 percent or something yeah and uh in in the book once they're arrested they're put into like uh basically an imprisonment an imprisonment camp yeah basically a work camp yeah Mm -hmm. um yep it's it's on another planet uh planet right or it's uh on a moon or something like that i think it's maybe i think it's off planet (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe (laughs) yeah yeah i believe it's off planet because because i think they go there uh at some point so the setup for the story is essentially the guy who has the character who has set up or created um, pre-crime, the pre-crime division using this technology, this sort of psychic technology. His name's John Anderton, and he's getting older. Can we, yeah, can we talk about the name John Anderton? Yeah, for we a can. Mm-hmm. Sure. Is that a real name? Do people actually have that name, or is that a sci-fi name? Oh, Anderton. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard it before, but it didn't strike me no. as like. It strikes me as this is 
this is it, this is incorrect. Okay, Anderton just be- feels wrong rolling yeah. off because it should be Anderson or something. Some yeah. Yeah, I, sorry everybody. No, I get it's that. It's fine. I get that. It's fine. Um, if your name's Anderton and you're listening, <laughs> I doubt reach, it. Reach out. <laughs> reach out. I doubt it. <laughs> reach out. Let us know. Hit us up, Anderton. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so John Anderton is the creator of pre-crime, and he's getting older at the time when the story opens. Right? He's yeah. He's well, like middle middle aged. Middle aged. Yeah. He's yeah, not like probably. 50s if sure feel right yeah i think so it's like old enough that he's thinking about aging but not so old that he can't do work anymore and so he's like a little concerned i mean that's to the extent that there's a character with anderton that's kind of what it is right he's thinking a lot about his sort of his lack of vitality at this point i guess yeah, he's got a lot of insecurities. Yeah, and yeah. what drives it up is that when the story opens, there's this new, young, sort of, I don't know exactly his position, but a sort of underling who yeah. hopes to take over. I think, in in fact, Anderton thinks this guy is there to replace him at the yeah. very beginning, right? His name that is... He's essentially training someone to take his place. Yes, and in the, in the story, his name's Ed Whitwer. And he's a younger guy, which also just serves to heighten Anderton's insecurities about his age and all this kind yeah. of stuff. So this happens, and as he is showing Whitwer around and showing him the precogs, which are three human persons who mm-hmm. who through and in the in the story, right? In the story, they can't just you know the precogs can't talk. They are sort of they are described as being deformed. Um, and it's through yeah. some mechanical, like they have to use machines to decipher what the precogs are seeing in the future to figure right. out what's going to happen. And so it's not like they just come in and give their... They essentially read it, right? They yes. read it out? Yes. Yeah. The employees read it off. Um, I, I mean, the precogs don't speak, do they? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think so. But there's some sort of output, and then they can read what's going to happen, uh, particularly with murders, right? And so... The sort of turn in the story is that while he's showing, while Anderton is showing Whitwer around, uh, the precogs report that Anderton is going to kill someone. Yeah. And they're never wrong, according to this, and he's going to kill this person. And the thing is, I think he's never heard of the person. Like, they give a name, yeah. and he says, I don't even know who this is. I'm not going to kill this person. But yeah. he knows that he'll be arrested, just like anyone else, mm-hmm. uh, since his name has come up. And so. He hides it, and then it becomes this sort of... It, it moves on from there. I don't want to sit and describe the entire plot, but... Yeah. That's the setup. So, do you, do you have thoughts? What are, your, what are your sort of responses to the short story? It's, it's, it's kind of hard to... Because I, I, I kind of viewed and, and, and read and watched these things kind of opposed to each other versus just, like, analyzing one and then analyzing the other. Oh, gotcha. Sure. Um, if that makes sense. It does. Um, mm-hmm. The first thing I'll say is I understand why Steven Spielberg didn't just lift this story to yeah. make a movie. Yes. Um, not that it is not that it's a bad story, mm-hmm. um, but it's uh, a story like this stretched out could would play better um, on like HBO now as yeah. a miniseries yep. to like much more about like intricacies and like the police versus the military less about like the hero of the story totally and and, and less about like feeling anything about any of it yeah 
So I, I think that that's the, the, the thing that I, I struggle with most with Philip K. Dick in this short. And, and from what I understand, it kind of, it's a, it's a, something that kind of goes through is that like, I don't feel much yeah. reading this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think um, this, this story is fairly representative of what I've read of his. I've read like a couple of novels and, you know, a fairly good handful of short stories. Um, yeah. And this is pretty representative of, of at least his style where, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, there's a couple of very interesting, uh, ideas and yeah. they're, the writing is competent. Um, mm-hmm. the writing is competent and is maybe even good. I don't want, I'm not trying to downplay it, but sure. The, yeah. the, the notion is it's, it's a very different kind of writing than say like, you know, Stephen King or yeah. JK Rowling or something like that, where it's like you get these, these you know it's about the people fleshed out three-dimensional psychologically interesting people it's like pkd at least at least in what i've read of his is very much about like the interesting thing is what does it mean to have a pre-crime division where they can give your name what does it mean that you didn't kill someone and yet you're already guilty like yeah that's the thing it's not who is anderton yeah at the same time though yeah he doesn't really say much about what it means. He just shows you a possible reality. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you you can you know yeah. you can derive meaning from it. You can extrapolate it out. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's you know the, this short story ends in a way where the quote unquote hero of the story yeah. doesn't he saves the thing that yeah. he, he saves pre crime. He he he, he decides that. This this uh, institution, everyone just thinks this that they're basically saying safety of the many is more important than yeah um, the liberty of, justice for yeah. the few. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Yes, um, yeah. And so and and so let's talk let's talk about the ending because uh, the name the Minority Report comes from the fact that there are three precogs in the story, and sometimes all three of them don't agree on the same thing. So. Um, the notion is, yes, the precogs spit out the notion that Anderton is going to kill this person. Yeah. Kaplan, I think. Um, yeah. He's going to kill Kaplan, but then the notion is, well, if two out of three of them said he's going to kill Kaplan, that means the third one would have gotten sort of overridden. Yeah. And so what the, if the third one said, no, 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 he's not going to kill anyone then that one gets overridden because it's like voting, you know, to override the one. Yeah. And then it's the, like a like a jury. Yeah. <laughs> and then it spits out the majority opinion. And so whatever the one said uh, against the two is called the minority report, which actually is a thing. You know, you mentioned juries. Um, the minority report is actually, you know, if there's like a hung jury or something, yeah. and then some, you know, one segment thinks one thing, whatever the fewer number of people think, they will sometimes write up their thoughts and reasoning in regard to a case, and it's called the Minority Report. So, so the end of the story, right, he goes on the run, and it, dis- it he discovers that he is being set up, I think, right? <clears throat> is he being right. set up? I can't remember. <laughs> I can't yeah, remember plotting-wise exactly how the story plays out. The um, wires cro- are crossed a little bit, because you yeah. have, like, a few different, a couple different groups of people yeah. with uh, their own agenda on how to yeah. do uh, accomplish X, Y, and Z, yeah. and like you know, the military wants to um, basically they eventually decide instead of just correct me if I'm wrong. This is a, yeah. a big blur, but sure, the military wants to kill Kaplan, right? 
Uh, Wait, no. No, I think... No, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so it's... Yeah. yeah. What One group uh, decides to just let the mini- minority report be the thing that... I, I can't even verbalize I mean, it very I, well. I, I mean, it's, there's there's police and there's military and there there are various sort of inner inner relationships, but the, the upshot is like the military has had nothing to do and the police have had nothing to do since crime has gone down so far, and Kaplan is a military leader who wants to reinstate martial law, right? Right, right, right. And, like, get rid of pre-crime so that the army is in charge again. Um, Because right now, pre-crime's basically in charge, and nobody's getting killed or robbed or anything, for the most part. And who who is the the secondary group that captures Anderton, and basically they want to just hold on to him until the timer runs out to where to prove that he can't kill anyone to prove that uh yeah you know but then you but then you have like this protagonist who's so infuriating that he's gonna take the uh, offense uh, the offensive approach yeah and like no i'm not gonna do that because i need to know what this minority report says about me instead of just like waiting it out and just yeah Well, I mean, and he realizes it's actually not in his professional interest to run out the clock. It's in right. Well, it kind of is. Like he's not. So well, he's he doesn't have an interest in in in, he doesn't want to prove uh, pre crime wrong. Yeah, exactly. So if he runs out the clock and doesn't kill anyone, this proves that pre crime doesn't work. Yeah, and he has a moral moral obligation at this point to yeah. run out the clock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in my opinion. So then the question is, well, does the world actually become better if the army takes over again, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, how important is liberty is the question, right? People yeah. get to make their own decisions, but some of those decisions are going to be robbing and murdering other people. Do we let people make their decisions or not? And all this kind of stuff is tied in there but yeah um but at the end uh one of the interesting things and one of the one of the interesting sort of sci-fi angles on this is he does end up killing assassinating kaplan so yeah he ends up doing the thing the the majority report is correct but then the thing is we we learn that it's not that there were two of the precogs who gave the same story and then the third precog gave a story that was different they were all three different they were all three different and two of them both landed two of them landed on anderton killing the army sergeant but the third one didn't but the thing is they came out in succession and they affected one another right so the first one came out saying you're going to kill kaplan the second one came out and essentially said nope you're going to see that you're going to kill kaplan and therefore you're not going to and then yeah. the third one came out and said, nope, you're actually going to see, you know, what's going on, I think, and therefore you're going to do it again. Um, right. So it's three different interpretations or three different potential timelines. It's just that two of them involve the murder. Yeah. And so they end up being right. I mean, they describe the thing, but it's, it's like draws in this sort of interesting, like just telling the possible timeline affects the right. future timeline. Yeah, I mean, and even knowing that third that third precog, like yeah. he still has a choice not to kill the person. Right. Well, does he? I I think I I don't know. I, I and that's yeah. one of the things I think is very different about the film is that the film and we can we can go ahead and get into the film because we can bounce back and forth obviously. Sure. Yeah. Um, but the thing about the film is that it hammers really hard on that notion of you still have a choice. Um, yeah. And I think that's really interesting. And maybe the, maybe the story does more than I'm remembering. 
But just the, the the upshot of the of the story, whether he did have a choice or not, is what happened is what was predicted. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it yeah. was. I don't know if you want to call it determined, but certainly whatever what the precog said is what came to pass. Yeah, uh, essentially, someone would have had to have captured the guy, mm-hmm. locked him away, sure. or someone would have to completely change his mind on what it, yeah, uh, to, uh, you know, to his his views on what pre crime is in yeah. order for him to choose not to kill the guy at the end. Yeah. Well, and then the and then and then the question, right? The fun time travel question becomes: Is that just then what the precog would have said? Right? Would the precog right. just have said, "Well, yeah, you're going to lock him up, and this guy won't die," you know? Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I thought that was... I, I really liked that element of the short story, which is yeah. these things are sequential, and that makes it interesting. It's not just that two of them agree and one of them disagrees. It's these have affected each other, um, yeah. something like that. Sure. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I I like it as a thought experiment. Yeah. Um, it's, it's fun, um, yeah. and I think Philip K. Dick is... What the thing he's great at is are these sci- sci-fi thought yeah. experiments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, like I said earlier, I don't think it would have worked very well as a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it could have been a movie. Um, sure. But I don't know that I would have enjoyed watching ninety minutes of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's 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 jump into uh, this. You know, I and and I yeah. do think you know our ta- our tastes are different when it comes to, especially plot. Oh, yours and mine. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and I feel like this short story is systematic in a way that you like those types of broad thematic and systematic yeah. stories more so than yeah. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So I'm, I'm and, uh, and I'll also be the first to say that I think Minority Report as a movie and the choices they made yeah. is fine. Uh-huh. It's fine. <laughs> okay. You know, it's right. not, it's yeah. not, it's not Blade Runner, you know? Well, um, and, and, okay, so that's interesting. So you're saying presumably... And we can get into the movie, but you're saying presumably that you think this, you think Minority Report is not as good as Blade Runner as a movie, right? Yes. So I think it's not as good. I think that's interesting because I would read Blade Runner as much more like, you know, much more like Philip K. Dick than I. I think it's Minority much Report. more like Philip K. Dick in yeah. tone. Yeah. But I, I, I feel like it explores character and human nature more so than. His short okay. stories do. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think Minority 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 Report as a movie could have really explored mm-hmm. what it what it means to um, imprison somebody forever yeah. on on, a, on a, an, an emotional level and on a you know a thematic level yeah. in a, in a way that they just didn't. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. it's there, uh-huh. but it feels second. Second fiddle to yeah. who killed? Okay, who killed his son? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. he's got to get his eyes changed. Yeah, Look at yeah. these cars. Sure. Um, Blade Runner doesn't do that. I think Blade mm. Runner is more of a character study and less yeah. of an action movie. Yes. Yeah. And I, I and I feel like the Minority Report as a short isn't that much of a character study as much as it is just mm-hmm. plot. This happens and then this happens yeah. because of this and this piece fits here and this piece fits here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Blade Runner does that maybe i'm yeah. i don't it just it's more about like am i human or am i not human yeah you know and what, what is it, it what does it mean to that particular person right yeah um and i've never read uh do androids yeah dream of electric sheep or it, it i would assume it's it's a little more cold and clinical is it a, um, is it a full novel or is it a short story no i don't it's remember a short story okay short right. story cool but you know with these short stories i i i think Philip K. Dick in a, was was a genius with with some of his his kind of 
broader themes, mm-hmm. and I think taking those themes and running with it for a new story feature yeah. is a great idea. Yeah, yeah. I just think Spielberg is interested in, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. Spielberg does does character well, yeah. um, but it's he 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 likes to tug at heartstrings in a way that doesn't mean as much as I want it to mean. Uh-huh. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, okay, so let's let's jump let's jump to the film just cleanly then and we can bounce to the story when we make comparisons yeah. and stuff. But Minority Report, not the Minority Report, but just Minority Report was made in 2002 and as you mm-hmm. mentioned, directed by Steven Spielberg and stars Tom Cruise. So it's a big budget, big flashy action movie. Yeah. Um, Colin Farrell's in it. Uh, is anyone else? Let's see. Samantha Morton. Yeah. Okay. But Tom yeah. Cruise and I guess to a lesser extent, Colin Farrell. Tom Cruise is yeah. the big big draw here. Colin Farrell looks so young in this movie. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he definitely does. I thought he was a good choice for Whitworth. Yeah. I liked I liked the choice of him. Um, I had never seen this movie until, you know, two, a couple of weeks ago as we were prepping for this. And I will go ahead and just agree that it was fine it's fine it's fine uh fine is very generous for me actually if i'm gonna be honest (laughs) i think fine is is a generous generous reading of this film i didn't really care for it very much um yeah i mean i don't don't want to watch it again yeah Um, i don't regret seeing it sure Um, i'm curious i'm curious with myself as as to whether it's because i came off of the pkd story which i like a lot um, and it's not like, you know, I, I, I get that some of it is a little bit dense or, or might even drag a little bit or something like this. Like the PKD story is about, it's clinical. It's about ideas. You've said this already, but maybe it was the idea of comparison that left me a little short on the movie. Probably. But um, I, I, well, I watched, yeah. I decided to, wa- to watch the movie first. Oh, interesting. Okay. Cause I'm a movie guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you did it. I, I, you did it. Yeah. You brought it back. I did it. <laughs> and uh, something something that I think, I think one thing that was probably like visually um, super successful with this movie, um, I think, uh, was some some of the choices that he made about the future. Um, uh-huh. Philip K. Dick doesn't doesn't describe the cars or yeah. or um, um, you know it's just it's a computer. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a card that pops in and pops out with a <laughs> yeah. name on it. You know, yeah. it's very. Um, he's not being very imaginative visually. Yeah. Um, but it. You know, uh, Spielberg was very much so. Yeah. Um, to the extent that like he kind of invented like the pinch zoom. Yeah. Well, and I was gonna say he had, and I don't have the details of this pulled up in front of me, but he had a sort of he arranged a gathering right of like yeah. experts and futurists and stuff to give him ideas for what is the next technology going to be yeah. and what, what will the future look like kind of thing. Yeah, like these these cars that sense each other and just move yeah. and, you know, that's stuff that's happening now with the Tesla. Yeah. Personalized ads uh-huh. for you. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you how many personalized ads I get every day yeah, on it's Instagram. Terrible. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pinch to zoom. Um, you know, he changed the, the computer cards to like these wooden balls yeah. <laughs> that roll yeah. these. And, you know... Spielberg, he's great at like creating a visual. He knew that like yeah. a card popping out of a computer is not cinematic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So he made this, you know, the camera follows it as it rolls down, <laughs> and you're waiting to see what it is. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy makes movies. Yep. He, he makes he he knows how to manipulate moving pictures, mm-hmm. and he's kind of the best at that. 
well that's he's not but but you know he's <laughs> he's good at it yeah. um yeah, yeah. I, I mean i i'm i i do love spielberg because of my childhood uh-huh but this didn't feel like anything that kind of lines up with the things i loved about spielberg yeah up, if that makes sense. it totally does i thought this was a bad choice for spielberg to make i yeah. would have liked to have seen someone else this movie doesn't need even Ridley Scott. Yes, absolutely. I mean this yeah. this this movie does not need a this movie doesn't need a John Williams score. This movie doesn't need um because I think that that's the thing. I found this movie kind of bland and yeah. sort of boring and it felt like a it felt like a movie by committee. You know, it felt like sure. The studio wanted this. They had the IP, and who are we going to get? And I'm sure this is not a fair characterization. I'm sure Spielberg was psyched about making it, and Tom Cruise was, et cetera, et cetera. And they, you know, probably gave it their all, but I'm going to shit on it for a minute. Like, it just yeah, felt it. <laughs> it felt kind of lifeless. Like, the, the move to put these personalized ads in there, like, they use real companies. And I felt like yeah. that's, like, you could do an interesting sort of RoboCop-type like make it more otherworldly don't make it aquafina yeah. you know yeah. that you're seeing ads for and stuff that made it feel like a commercial in real life not like it was yeah. about commercialism and yeah. and you know just things like that where it's like and, sure. and and then also coming off the fact that like this is philip k dick and they kind of made it into just sort of a standard beat for beat action picture like yeah. it, it felt to me like this is another Mission Impossible, although I know this was kind of before. Yeah. But it's like Tom Cruise on the run <laughs> from a government, and so yep. I don't know. Yeah, no, I I, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, I I think there's a version of Philip K. Dick's story by ta- like because it's again like I I think the story itself that he wrote yeah. like the plot, the beats, the characters mm-hmm. like they're fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah, but the ideas are great ideas yeah you know well and and to and to be fair to what he was doing in that context right he is writing it as one story that's going to appear among other stories in a pulp magazine you know so you kind of you get in you get out it's like two pages before the guy's accused of murder which like if you were doing a novel you could build out these people a little more and stuff like that yeah um which maybe he should have done with this this idea but nonetheless Yeah. But you know, I do think I I think that there's a, a movie that it, that could exist um, mm-hmm. with this um, premise that works on many more levels. Um, you know, imagine Denis uh, Villeneuve getting this IP and who like, was that? Uh, Arrival. Um, oh yeah, yeah. He did yeah. the new oh, Blade Runner. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. But uh, imagine him getting a hold of this and like you know, Blade Runner twenty forty nine was like yeah, it wasn't cold and clinical. Yeah. But it was about larger ideas yeah. and took its time yeah. and wasn't about chases. But there yeah. were some f- fun kind of tough action moments. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what you want out of a, mo- of a movie like this, I think. I think, I think to me it just comes down to, uh, or, or part of what it comes down to, is the fact that I don't think Tom Cruise or Steven Spielberg are bleak enough. Um, I think, you know, if I'm going to go sure. see a Tom Cruise movie and I'm going to enjoy it, which I, I like Tom Cruise. All right. Um, if I'm going to go see a Tom Cruise movie and enjoy it, it's probably going to be fun. Like I'm probably going to have a fun time watching yeah. Tom Cruise run and trying to forget about the fact that he's in a weird cult and the, like, uh, yeah, you know, and, well, the, the, yeah. the, the mission impossible fallout. Did you see that? Yeah. 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 That was one of the most fun oh, action man. movies I've seen in forever. And, and what part a great of it time. is. Part of it is just the gimmick of the fact that he's 
Like yeah. he, I saw the behind the scenes yeah. of of the cameraman mm-hmm. jump or the cameraman of the cameraman jumping mm-hmm. backwards out of a plane. Yep. The cameraman jumping backwards out of a plane, <laughs> and then. Yeah. Tom Cruise jumping forward towards them, yeah. zooming towards them, and then catching himself in midair. Yep. You like, yep, like it's all practically done. Like yep. that's that's what you want out of a Tom Cruise movie for sure. And I realized that I was probably watching this movie because as I watched it, I was like, this feels like a way to cash in on Mission Impossible, but not call it Mission Impossible. And I realized that that's actually probably anachronistic. Like it's probably after Minority Report that Mission Impossible movies started being that. Sure. Um, yeah. But but still, as I was watching it back, I was just like, this just feels like a weird tone. Like it it doesn't feel dystopian to me when I was watching this movie. No. I was like, I I understand that things aren't working and it's bad because he's getting chased down, etc. But it feels too personal. It doesn't feel systemic and dystopian. I guess if that makes sure. sense. Yeah. Um. Which Blade Runner does, for example. You know, it feels yeah, like it does, the whole but world also, is just off. The whole world is off, but it also feels very personal at the same time. It though. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you find it. You find a. You find a personal story within that. Um, right. And I well, think, that's what you want. Like, yeah. and reading the Minority Report short story, I'm yeah. just not interested in. Yeah. In in. Uh, Anderton. I am interested in Deckard. You know, mm, mm-hmm, and, sure. and and his you know, what's going on there, and and maybe that's just kind of rose-colored yeah. a lens, you know, just nostalgia for that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and it's also it is that is a sort of staple of at least certain pulp writers, which is like sort of a, I mean, kind of what's happening in in at least some pulp is they just give you a character that you can plug yourself into. You're just sure. it's just a lens to see this world and to watch this plot unfold, um, yeah. and you kind of don't. And this is tr- more and less true author to author and stuff. Um, and also, to be fair, it's usually like a white man, so it's not like not like everybody yeah. can plug themselves in. But like that's typically who they're you know writing toward, um, for better or for worse. And so it's uh, you know I feel like that's kind of the case with this particular story. It's like, yes, he's aging and he's worried about that kind of stuff, but that's not like the thing, you know, that's just, yeah. you get a little bit of that to sort of motivate how he feels about Whitwer and et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, you, you didn't have any real sense of who he was yeah. or and maybe it, maybe it was just me like having trouble with the prose. Sure. I, I don't think it's, it's bad prose. I just, I just, I, I need, I like just a little bit more feeling and life in the prose itself mm-hmm. yeah yeah but then you know you you like you you read lots of clinical stuff uh-huh. and really take that stuff in a lot sure. right yeah 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 um i i, and I, yeah. I don't 100 yeah. percent do not yeah that's interesting. Um, if it, in reading if it's something that doesn't like jump off the page to me it's like uh-huh I I'm not I'm not going to read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get that. Uh, I'm not not an anti-reading person by any means. Yeah. But I am someone who have I've learned especially with the amount of work that I take on for for stuff that I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. My time is so incredibly valuable now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That like digging into something on a whim that's yeah. like reading when I'm not I'm not a super fast reader. I'm not a slow reader, but yeah. like I'm not like I don't read enough to like you know, just kind of zoom yeah. burn through stuff mm-hmm. to where like I'm I'm basically saying this is more important than that. Yeah, it's not like I want this and I want this and I am going to do this. It's no, like, definitely. No, this is important. 
and this is not you have to prioritize what you take in yeah yeah Yeah. like i feel like every day i feel the weight of just time time slipping away Mm. and all the things i i want to do you know um yeah yeah well i um, I feel like i mean that that totally makes sense and i feel just to just to sort of attempt to to find a sort of non-personal way to defend his type of prose which you're absolutely right i sort of sort of will gravitate toward i mean wait till we do our lovecraft episode you'll read like a page you'll read like a story and a half and you'll be like i get it (laughs) so but uh but nonetheless to just to kind of defend that in the context of philip k dick i do feel like if you had a more uh, I don't know why I keep coming up with J.K. Rowling. Just her, her writing is so easy to read. And it's, it's so super easy, like, yeah. colorful, and you know, etc. If you had her, but writing her stuff it, is is bubblier than I like. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Well, see, I I think you know Harry Potter was bubblier than I tend to like, but her detective novels I've found really really good. Um, sure. To where it's still okay. really easy to read, but etc. Yeah. But if you had someone who was more accessible like that sort of writing this i think that might i i think his sort of dry and clinical prose help paint the world as bleak and dystopian sure does that make sense yeah like the it's it's part of the um the medium (laughs) yeah it is yeah yeah it's part of it's choosing choosing like uh the the yes the lens package yeah choosing your paint (laughs) colors that you're using yeah yeah. uh yeah and to some extent i think that really nicely encapsulates i think that's a great touch point for what i think doesn't particularly land about the movie is Mm -hmm. that it's not you know the content of it is dystopian overreach of government infringement of you know capitalism onto your private you know psychological space with uninvited advertisements etc but it's told by steven spielberg who is best at like making kind of fun adventure movies where you know what i mean (laughs) yeah yeah and i that's that's my biggest problem with with the movie is that it's like this premise this like we're not talking about an adventure here we're talking about like you know character and what this thing means and Mm -hmm. and 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 less about i so for me personally Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't think that i don't think there is a world where spielberg spielberg could make take this premise and make a movie that i just was super into Mm -hmm. but i do think there are filmmakers out there that could take this premise for me specifically and stay more true to the uh, the ideas mm-hmm. and the themes yeah and still make me care uh-huh um yeah. find find an end with a character that like i cared for and felt for and felt with yeah um and i think spielberg really tried to do that with like the story of hi- hi- him losing his son but mm-hmm. like it wasn't even really about that like i i i want to i want to feel more about what it means to imprison someone for for life for something they never did. Yeah. I mean, and that's something that happens all the time. Like that's just sure, yeah. jury. It's just it's just yeah. they found a way to yeah. to just to completely justify it. Mm-hmm. Um even in a world where you could potentially like find somebody, go and 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 send like uh some sort of like therapist to this person instead of a yeah. police officer, which yeah. is, you know, very lo- a lot of stuff where we're talking about now with Yeah. The, the role of police in, in, in our society. Yeah. But to inform someone of like, hey, we have, we know that you're going to do this thing. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do about it? You yeah. know? Yeah. And I, th- I, th- I think that's super interesting. And I get that like, yeah, I, I, I get where you're coming from and I, and I get um, that there, there, I think there is something definitely more special about 
the short story than the movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if it's like I keep going back to Plot Against America, which is <laughs> yeah. not not the same because the, there there's some I felt a lot for those characters. Yeah. So yeah. that's not the same thing. Yeah. But in the sense that like I don't enjoy living and viewing these things around me mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but what whatever that element is that in a dystopian world that i just really dig yeah i don't i can't put my finger on it exactly but it just wasn't there in the short story you mean yes yeah okay interesting um, well and, and then in the the movie it's like it's not dystopian really yeah it's like, right you right. know the short stories yeah. like wars have happened potentially like n- nuclear wars uh-huh. and and uh-huh. Now the police is part of the government, and yeah. then, uh, the uh, military is another part, and yeah. then branch of government, and then the Senate. I think. Yeah, I believe um, so. And like children are mutated at this point, and like, you know, you're setting up like all that stuff is like rich to uh-huh. play with. Uh huh. And then I get a story about like <laughs> a, a guy that I don't I yeah. don't like who's trying to withhold a system that I disagree with. Yeah. And like he he doesn't he doesn't like his wife very much. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. He immediately and, goes to she's betraying me. Right. Like yeah. Immediately he um, doesn't trust her, and I forget if that pays off or not. And I think she tries to help him escape at some point, and I don't. Well, remember, I, I don't remember if that was I, a double I, cross or not. Um, so the, yeah, she he just assumes that she's in with uh, Whitwer. Yeah. Whit, w- yeah. And um. He he assumes she's probably better look, you know, because he's better looking, and yeah. then he gets really insecure, and then he just starts feeling paranoid and making assumptions about the people around him. Yeah, and then you know she she's like she wants him to turn himself in to mm-hmm. save pre crime mm-hmm. because she thinks that his his fr- freedom is less important than um, mm-hmm. the safety of the majority, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then someone tries to kill her, and then he knocks them out, and then uh, so he does save his wife, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. But they both agree. I mean, that's the thing is they both agree on what I think is like kind of a the the wrong approach mm-hmm. on how to keep people safe. Yeah. I don't know, you know. It's yeah. But you know, at the end, I think she like follows him into exile, that's which right. is I guess kind of a love story, maybe. Um, but it's certainly not. It's not the point. Right. Yeah. It's not. No. I mean, to try to eke out a love story out of that is not. Yeah. That's not what he was trying to do. I don't think. I don't know. Maybe maybe a story in which it's about a husband and wife, and and you know, at at the end they they realize that they they you know even if they do agree that pre crime is more important, yeah. But that she'll follow him into exile Uh and give up her position in pre crime. Yeah. There's something there that could could be potentially a story I could. Yeah, get into well i mean if you if you wanted to make it more sort of character based right i think you do something like i mean there are myriad options but you could do something like have them be a really loving husband and wife couple and have it sort of come between them so that like the paranoia about is she betraying me is actually intense and and tense as opposed to just yeah. i'm sure she's you know betraying me with Whitwer, right um yeah most of most of that thing and again it's a short story it's hard to ask sure. that much out of 30 pages but it is it is very much like i'm sure she betrayed me because she's young and beautiful and i'm aging right and yeah. there's not a whole lot of she meant she means so much to me that it's it's difficult like pkd so, is just not interested in those right issues so, that and I haven't I haven't read a ton yeah. like, obviously of his yeah. stuff but I have read opinions on on his work yeah. and I think that's probably uh and with with a lot of like 
probably like uh, middle-aged writers in the 50s, mm-hmm. mid, white male writers. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'll, you know, it's not uncommon to see characters who just don't really care for women in mm. a respectful way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I read that like one guy thinks that like, I think this is kind of the best you're going to get from Philip K. Dick on his appreciation of women. Really? Okay. This story. Interesting. Um, I had like I probably really read most, anything about that. Yeah. The most loving um yeah. relationship you're going to see. I just don't huh. think he's interested in that. But um Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, th- this was this was a really interesting episode for me cuz like uh-huh. I'm I'm really <laughs> I don't know what I like about either one of them very much. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But at yeah. but I do think Philip K Dick was a gold mine for interesting ideas about the future and yeah. humanity and mankind and and what what we're capable of. Yeah. And I I would like to do at some point I would like not to not to, not to hand you something daunting, but I would love to do a PKD episode at some point. Yeah. And and talk about him in general cuz he was a really weird guy who like had a bunch of mystical experiences and and, and his fiction sure. started getting even more and more sort of bizarre and surrealist as he went along. It was always sort of sci-fi, but like here you can see it's sci-fi, but there's that little element of potential supernaturalism, which is like they're precogs, right? And he gives yeah. them this sort of very technical name. He calls them precogs, right? But these are psychics, basically. And yeah. so he has a little bit of that there. But as things go on, like there's a, there's one story called Ubik, which is a novel. So we wouldn't do that whole thing for an episode, but it's it's U B I K, and it it's uh, the name of a product that is a spray product that is sort of used for everything i think it's been a while since i've read it but it eventually ubik starts to be this sort of almost divine all-encompassing thing but at the same time it's this product which comes in a spray can it's very strange and very very cool and very interesting but yeah do uh, i was gonna say do you want to take a quick break and then uh come back and talk about the the changes the movie made and why yeah sure okay sweet let's do it sweet oh uh yeah check this out everybody My name is Matt Langston, and I play in a band called Eleventy Seven. I'm an artist, a producer, and I also host my own podcast right here on Rock Candy called Eleventy Life. We talk with the people behind your favorite songs and albums, from the writers to the producers and everyone in between. And we're not asking your favorite artists the same old boring questions like, where did your band name come from? And who's your favorite Friends character? We're asking questions like, why did your marriage fail? Where does love come from? Is God real? It is a show about the importance of creativity and pursuing your passions, and we don't let guests leave until it gets a little bit uncomfortable so check it out right here on rock candy and your favorite podcast app and we back um and we back. i still need to make you that chance the rapper uh i know yeah 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 i need to i need he's to so fun yeah he's he, fun to listen to i would uh i'd be into it i don't know you might not i might not, might not like it. i mean i would be into you making the list is what i mean who, who oh cool who knows? yeah <laughs> um yeah who knows but uh, he's no childish He's no childish. Okay. So well, I gotta get my expectations fun, in check though. then. Yeah. He's fun though. Yeah. Is he, is he no? Is he also no uh, RTJ? Um, no. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. And the crowd goes RTJ. Mm. And the crowd goes RTJ. That's that's uh yeah that might be coming up. Um, well, let's talk about this movie because yeah I uh, we've we've talked about it some but I I wanted to dig into not just what I thought didn't work but maybe also why they made the decisions that they made in adapting it because i did yeah. i did find a quote from spielberg 
where he says, um, this is a quote from 2002, he says, the Philip K. Dick story only gives you a springboard that really doesn't have a second or third act. Most of the movie is not the Philip K. Dick story to the chagrin of Philip K. Dick fans, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, that's that's an encapsulation of a lot of the stuff we've been saying, Yeah, uh, which is that there's an idea here, but it's not a full, it's not enough for a movie. Um, yeah. And that's not what it was written as. So we get a lot of differences, plot-wise, story-wise, in yeah. the movie. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, the idea is like, Ooh, what a cool idea! What a cool springboard idea for yeah. a movie. Let's let's use the rest of the movie to just wash over that. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the idea. Well, and I think the idea that that makes that immediately is like, ooh, that's the idea. If you're going to adapt it, is there are precogs who can tell you for sure um, who's going to be murdered, and then they those people get arrested, um, and then what happens when the police commissioner himself, his name comes out. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing, and it's like, yeah. ooh, that's interesting, right? Um, is he the commissioner in this? In the, uh, movie? I don't remember if he is in the movie. I, th- I think he, the way it felt, it felt like this could possibly be a version of Anderton earlier in his life, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. before he kind of, you know, he d- he didn't invent the thing, right? Yeah. He's He's uh, he adapted it or put it to use in this particular way or something like y- that. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, no, I oh. can see that. I mean, so that's that's the first sort of differential is you hire a young, well, younger anyway than the character, uh, action star to be in it as opposed to was he Tom was Cruise probably an in his. I don't know. Uh, he looks weird with a shaved head. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, hold on, <laughs> that's true. Which actually, uh, he's always fifty-eight right now. Um, and this was in 2002, so like 18 years ago. So he was in mm-hmm. his 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he would have been 40. 38? Yeah. Oh, 40, yeah. yeah. He would have been 40 at the time. So he was 40 in this movie, so you get, I mean, that's clearly younger than, it's kind of middle-aged, but Tom Cruise is not a person to play a middle-aged guy, even now. So yeah. you kind of get this action star, and you make an action movie out of it. You make a sci-fi action movie, and... The way I just felt like the ways that they fleshed out the story felt incredibly standard. Yeah, Mission Impossible came out in 2000, yeah, two years prior. Yeah, yeah. With that first Mission Impossible movie, I was actually talking to Chris about this. The first Mission Impossible movie was pretty. It was. Oh, like, no, the first one came out in 96. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, Mission okay. Impossible 2 came out in 2000. Okay. So maybe this is uh, uh, feeding off some of that Mission Impossible juice. Yeah. You know, because uh, the first one was kind of more espionage, and then it, they turned into kind of the Fast and the Furious after a while. Yeah, um, I mean, you got to remember like Top Gun and, yeah. and Days of Thunder and yeah. those types of movies yeah. were all, you know, they weren't they weren't as superhero-y feeling. No, <laughs> yeah. So you get him. You get Colin Farrell is very good at playing a sort of smarmy person at this point in his career. It seems like that's what yeah. he's up to. I thought he was pretty good in this. You know, you have the backstory about his son, which is not in the in the short story. Yeah. You well, have... the, in the, the short story, he doesn't have a backstory. Yeah. Other than he yeah. made this thing. Yes, he made the thing. Well, you, but I mean, you get like he has a wife, he has these insecurities, etc. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. There's no sort of off-screen story. So you you build in the the thing. You have um, the name comes out saying he's going to murder somebody, and it's a guy who turns out to be a setup. Um, yeah. And and then he decides not to kill him, right? He has a watch that's counting down to when is he going to kill this person. He's already on the run because they know he's going to kill this guy. Yeah. And he chases him down to basically 
I don't know. Why does he go to the guy? Like he has to know who he is. I can't remember. Um, cause it, initially he's like, I'm not going to kill this person, but then he goes to his apartment and some of it's escaping me, uh, why he goes to see the guy who he says he's not going to kill. Right. But, um, at, at, at yet, well, first of all, uh, I was I was mostly listening, but I was doing the math on Colin Farrell's age. Oh, he was fine. twenty. He was twenty six <laughs> in that movie. Yeah, holy shit, he doesn't look twenty six in that movie. Uh, he looks really young, but I I would have assumed that Tom Cruise was in his thirties. Yeah, um, I would not. I would have assumed that Colin Farrell was at least thirty in that man. Yeah, to you got to w- watch it again. He's Jeez. his face. Like yeah. I kept thinking, like he's so young. I knew but he, he had a baby face, young. but yeah, yeah, Jeez. like twenty six years old. That blows my mind. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so he go- he goes to he goes to see the guy he's accused of killing or going to kill in the future, and he shows up, and it turns out that, or it appears to be the case that this is the guy who killed his son. The guy takes credit yeah. for it uh tom cruise finds a bunch of pictures of his son he talks about killing him it's a very you know emotional scene uh where he decides yeah. he's gonna you know he, he goes back and forth oh maybe i am gonna kill this person um yeah. and he's already stolen a precog like he he takes yeah. the precog agatha. woman agatha yeah takes her with him she might have been my favorite character in the movie that was definitely very <laughs> different um yeah you know I, I don't know how I felt about the androgynous sort of, not from like a political, you know, sort of critique, but just, eh, I don't know. <laughs> just three beautiful androgynous people in a in a white sure. thing. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, you also read that they were supposed to be misshapen yeah. mutants, yep. right? Yep, and yep, I hadn't yep. read that, so I was just like... True. That's, it's it's yeah. neat. Yeah. So anyway, he, he... It's visually striking, Yeah. and that's what Spielberg does. That's what he does. You know, he, yep. He's not going to make something ugly and if it is it's going to be strikingly ugly yeah beautifully ugly exactly so he he decides this was one of the main problems that i had with this movie uh aside from the ones we've already talked about <laughs> sorry tom cruise um but he chooses not to kill the guy and to yeah. my to my understanding of the film maybe i missed something but that sort of settles any debate about about what was said and what was not said right like it was said that he was going to kill this guy he chooses not to because you always have a choice but he not exactly okay. i mean like because like the the guy the choice was taken away when the guy forced him to pull the trigger he still pulls the trigger the guy didn't yeah. kill himself right okay i see so like regardless of in 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 you know they're seeing it play out to where like yeah he still killed him just yeah. not intentionally he well, made the choice not to but it happened anyway but in the in the flash forwards was it not the case that he was just pulling the trigger I, 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 for some reason in my mind, we saw him standing at a distance, like shooting the guy. Right. Do you know what I mean? So. And I, I don't remember. I have to rewatch. But um, yeah. But nonetheless, he he. So the guy is killed. What what else do we have that uh, that yeah. is sort of plot wise or theme wise that we didn't have any of in the story that they chose to expand on? The uh, the army guy, uh, his character is shifted to be a sort of older mentor guy yeah and is he yeah. an army guy in the film i don't even remember um i don't he's sort of a, he was sort of a so. crime he was a he was a law enforcement officer before or law enforcement yeah. person before tom cruise so, came yeah, on the scene you know that, that's that, that's the, the 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 biggest i think the biggest uh change in the setup yeah. is that 
you know, the, the story is a political setup and that's very important. Yeah. So like how the U S government is kind of working. Yeah. Whereas this is a very kind of political setup in one small system. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's not well, about the military versus the government versus right. the Senate. It's about one police force mm-hmm. doing this thing in DC yeah. and how that might affect the rest of the world if it works. Well, yeah, and they're hoping to expand it, right? Or some people yeah. are hoping to expand it because it's only happening in DC at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um I So you have you have those differences you have which makes sense in a sort of standard action movie. Like it all makes sense. The eyes thing, like he switches out his eyes so that they can yeah. have a cool action scene where they're chasing him into an apartment building and then he gets his eye open and they scan it. Uh, with a little robot before they get in there, and so they're like, yeah. oh, it's not him. That kind of deal you have. What other differences do you have? Let me think. I Everything can... else? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like... And it's really mainly just the, the names of the characters and the uh-huh. the initial, like, the initial setup, setup of what this mm-hmm. agency does. It's yeah. basically, you know, it's almost an in-name-only type of adaptation. Yeah, that's true. Well, I, the thing is, like, the story, the setup sounds like an important thing to talk about uh-huh. and the movie basically says eh, kind of not really it's yeah. more about this guy yeah this renegade cop it's not about yeah let's talk about what what this means mm-hmm. yeah that that feels just kind of washed over yeah yeah i agree with that and i don't know yeah and i think one of the things that didn't work was uh, one of the things that made it feel like a sort of movie by committee to me was the fact that the script leans so heavily on like individual choice like that didn't seem as complex as it was not that it needs to be as complex but it seemed like almost a non-issue right like at the end so maybe i misread the scene where you know he's forced to kill the the setup guy but then you get toward the end and the older guy, there's a confrontation with them once he realizes that his mentor is, of course, the nefarious bad guy. There's a confrontation. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> yeah, of course. Which that's coming the whole time. That seems cl- super clear. Um, Those echoes were convenient. Yeah. But at the end, one of the, one of the penultimate lines there is he says something like, you always have a choice or something like that. Yeah. And I think that is the thing that shifts it from being a sci-fi dystopian sort of speculative fiction thing where the question is I'm do you really have a choice or not yeah. whereas right. if you're doing the hero's journey yes you have a choice you have to right free yeah. will has to be involved because you are the protagonist who overcomes the obstacle and blah 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 well i mean you know when it comes to making uh, a good financial decision like yeah. even blade runner 2049 yeah. you know I keep going back to like it's not a philip k dick story but it's it's an extension yeah. of an idea of Philip K. Dick, right? Yeah. And a lot of it, there's a lot of amb- ambiguity in there. Um, I, I, I loved that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't make any money. That movie, that movie was yeah. basically a bomb. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, it probably just seems too, too complicated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. If, you, if you adapted Minority Report and put it on screen... It would not. I promise it wouldn't make. Oh money. no! Of course, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Of course, um, of course. But I, I, I just think there's a movie that's possible where it is more about those questions. You don't have to give it what I would like, sure. which is the sort of nihilistic determinist, 
you're you're not actually making choices to the extent that it feels like you're making choices that's an illusion like that would be my movie that I would like to see yeah but um but you don't have to make that but make something that's a little bit more more of that tension of like am I making this choice am I not um you know how much of this what does it mean that they can tell me what I'm gonna do before I do it you know then what am I kind of thing um yeah. I think there's a way to build that in and then uh, another way that I feel like they just completely abandoned that sort of interesting tension is they do a lot of there are moments in the script where like they talk about the precogs as if they're sort of religious in a type of like there's a religious undercurrent to it or something like that he visits that one woman and i forget how she plays in but the plant woman who he comes in there and she like gives him tea and all this stuff i forget too but what i think she was like part of the creation of the whole thing yeah 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 but she tapped out in part, that's right. She she was part of the creation of the whole thing, but she left, right? And in part, it had something to do, and I, I should have looked up the lines beforehand, but it had something to do with, like, I forget if she said, like, you just have to have faith, or if she said something, it's a leap of faith, or, and she sure. said something to the effect of, like, we always have a choice, and which is why I left, or something like that. I don't know. It was just very, like, that's how you take all the sting and all the juice out of that idea, yeah. is, is you say... No, no, this is just government overreach based on, you know, nothing. Really, you are in charge of your own destiny. Like, that that makes sense for an action movie. Yeah. But it just, in, in why use this idea to, to tell that story? It should, I mean, the, the, the story shouldn't have been an action. No, it's true. Action movie's yeah. not, well, I don't know, the the chase, I guess. But, Philip, there's no real chase no. in, in the, the it's, short It's story. not like there's a chase scene. It just <laughs> Blade <laughs> Runner was not an action movie. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. No, it was it was a sort of, like you said, character study. And yeah. then, like, the first time I saw Blade Runner was in a philosophy of mind class, where sure. it was like we watched <laughs> it to talk about what is a person type questions. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. and that's, that's, that's very different from Minority Report, which is, like, it felt to me like a, a gray Mission Impossible or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, and I well, I'll say this first, and I'll, I'm I'm going to talk about the look of the movie. Yeah, yeah. just for a minute, Definitely. but um, just from a, a a nerd standpoint. Yeah, I feel like the short story is like a hard version of the types of things you like. Okay, I don't feel like the movie is a hard version of the types of things I like. Yeah, but it leans more in the direction. Sure. Um, uh-huh. take out the blockbusteriness. Take out just the fact that yeah. like they're trying to make you care about this one guy's experience mm-hmm. in a character way. I think maybe it leans in that way for me. Yeah. Um, I'm not super interested in when I'm when I'm writing. I'm I like to, I like to um, I like to reference the hero's journey mm-hmm. as a reference, but I don't like it. Um, I don't like to. I don't like to to pin myself to that. Yeah. If that makes yeah, yeah, sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just not. I'm not interested. I think that story's been told, right? Yeah. Like I. Th- I think I like comp. I like complicated things. I like compl- complicated character. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. I think I, I like complicated character more than I like complicated, systematic plot stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do think there's a movie that exists where our tastes, I think, live somewhere right in the middle of these two things. Uh huh. Um, and I think one's too far one way and one's too far the other way, especially for me. I can see that. But, yeah. I mean, the look of the movie um, uh, actually kind of bothered me. Interesting. Uh, it was part of it kind of took me out. They, uh, It was one of those, let's let's make the future look weird and oddly bright, oh, okay. um, which I don't think 
a bright future is the way to look at it. Uh-huh. I, I think it was probably just Spielberg trying something new and fun and different. Mm-hmm. And I th- maybe it's the way that the 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 film was like washed chemically or something, but all the highlights were blown out. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it was distracting and there wasn't much color, yeah. but it was bright and shiny. Well, I saw... And it was just so... It was, I don't know. I just... It just felt... I, d- I didn't like the look of the movie. I, I saw a quote, um, and I forget where I saw this, but I saw a quote from Spielberg where he said something like he wanted to make the film look metallic. He said something like like yeah. the bumper of a 72 Chevy or something. I forget what he said. It was sure. something along those lines, but it was like, yeah, I mean, that's... That's kind of what it looks like, and I'm just not yeah. sure that that was a good decision. Yeah, uh, but the fact that like he's looking at the bumper of a 72 Chevy and say, I want a movie to look like that yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Just don't make just, this movie. Don't yeah, make this movie. Yeah, just from an overall like aesthetic of being able to look at it, the bumper of a car sure. and say, I think I could make a movie look like this yeah. is cool. It is cool. It is um, cool, and and I don't really mean any of me talking shit about this movie to be me shitting on either Spielberg or Tom Cruise. I just think it's a bad fit of like content. Hundred percent. I just don't yeah. think I don't think you guys need to make this idea. Like yeah. this doesn't play well, to they, your I don't strengths. Think they, no, I don't. I don't think they. I mean, I don't. I don't. I can't speak for Tom Cruise. He's yeah. just. He's just. You know, acting in the script, but sure. like from his actions, you know, he likes spectacle yeah. right mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but for spielberg it's like i don't think he gets what's cool about the story ah mm-hmm. you know i think yeah. he i think he it's like a it's like a Zack snyder thing where it's like mm, the yeah. future could be really weird mm-hmm. yeah. um instead of <laughs> what does it what does it actually yeah. mean to like yeah. imprison somebody for, and, and you know they 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 were like a lot lighter on the the imprisonment camps it's like yes kind of putting people in a in a stall where they're yeah you just living virtually or something instead of just throwing people in a camp yeah um so in that sense it was kind of more humane i guess but it also kind of like i don't know like if if it felt more kind of like like a camp in like a world war ii setting or something yeah yeah um, well, I mean, the story—the story is the story is referencing sort of referencing, yeah, the, the, yeah. Sort of, the story is about sort of the th- kind of threat like, of communism. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. you know, um, like, it's it's you know, fought crime. I mean, it's sort of Orwellian yeah thing. In but uh, an imprisonment camp feels like a concentration camp, right? right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that in itself says a lot about what I think Philip K. Dick thinks about. Uh, the idea of pre-crime, yeah, but his characters do the opposite. Yes, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like in that sense, from like it's it's actually kind of interesting to mm-hmm. think of it that way. Yeah. Um, I just I just want <laughs> like I want characters that like <laughs> yeah. that like um interact with that idea or uh-huh. that thought. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. You. I mean, it's it sounds like you're saying that you want characters who not necessarily that you can like fully identify with or but characters that you can on some level root for. Sure. Because it sounds I mean, from what you're saying, it sounds like you look you just don't root for any of these people, right? They all yeah. they all they every one of them kind of sucks or if if not that they're evil, then just you completely disagree with their their what they think is good which is yeah. prevent crime even if it means people aren't free yeah or something like this. i don't know is that kind of what you mean i guess okay. yeah <laughs> um <laughs> i don't know yeah yeah it's awesome to just record yourself for an hour trying to figure out what you think about a thing <laughs> and sounding like an idiot it's cool 
Well, I I do want to say like so to to the to the listener who sent us this idea. I do want to say I think this episode has been very successful. I like I, doing. I agree. I like I agree. doing episodes where it's not just something that one of us loves that we bring yeah. on and just and just talk about how we love it. Like this is it's it's more fun to do something that's kind of challenging that you're not exactly sure what you want to say about it and trying yeah. to find that point to dig in on. Um, I, th- I think that's really cool. And it's also it's also weird as like a as a writer and storyteller myself to mm-hmm. see a, a short story in a movie yeah. and not like either one of them, yeah. um, but be excited by the ideas. Yeah. Well, and, and you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And and also I think it can like it's a good case study in uh, so a couple of things. Number 1, it's a good case study in like the, the sort of the medium is as important as the content. You know, I mean the 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 sort of catch catchy phrase is the medium is the message, right? So the strengths of what makes a good short story, whether you think this was one or not, the strengths of what makes a good short story are different than the strengths of what makes a good film. Uh, yeah. They're just not the same, and yeah. you can't even if even if the the short story was a sort of more traditional character driven action story, you, even still you couldn't take that and make it a one to one. You would have to right. adjust some things and, and massage some things. And then also, I think one of the really interesting takeaways from our discussion about this is the notion that when you see such divergent approaches to storytelling, it can kind of be helpful to go, oh, there's not one successful way to do this because while like and and actually that brings me to something else i wanted to ask you about but uh while like i liked the short like this is not my favorite short story but i liked the short story um i didn't care for the movie you kind of didn't like either one at the same time clearly there are lots and lots and lots of people who liked both you know, yes. Uh, sure. And so there's yeah. sort of no right way to do storytelling. It's just kind of whatever works in a given situation. So yeah. uh, feel free to respond to any part of that you want to. But but one thing I wanted to ask you was about people's response to this movie. But but yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, from what I understand, and again, this movie came out like 18 years ago. Yeah. 18 years ago, like I wasn't like watching everything that came out. I I remember like I'd go to the theater for like uh kill bill or something yeah Mm -hmm. but i wouldn't go to a theater for this at that time yep i guess that's probably not dissimilar to that to how i am now but um i do watch more i watch more stuff and i watch stuff differently than i would have at this point Um, but that being said like i don't know or remember or haven't read much about how this movie was received other than people have said it's okay well see (laughs) you know yeah, I mean, sort of, but like critically, like so. Just I know Rotten. I didn't Tomatoes, read any. Yeah, I didn't Rotten Tomatoes any. is a terrible measure. I understand that, but all that that aside, I'm gonna pretend like it means something. It has a ninety percent on. Oh. On yeah, on Rotten Tomatoes. Like this did well critically. People oh, liked interesting. it. Yeah, I know. Uh, the is audience score it's... is eighty, but um, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's so, that. Okay, that <laughs> there's an episode on itself on kind of breaking that apart. <laughs> yeah, um, um, yeah. And I know once again, I mean, for those who don't know how Rotten Tomatoes work, it kind of like makes every review into a binary. Either this is a good review or a bad review, and then it averages yeah. that out the numbers of those and who gets I to mean, decide that and why is a little bit stupid. But uh, but still, like it did the, well. And and like yeah. I said, like I didn't really like. 
to say I didn't like either one is not correct. Right. I'm not going to reread that short story and I'm not going to watch this movie again. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really like how reading the short story made me feel. Sure. The movie had some kind of fun elements, but it all boils down to the, also boils down to like like I said, the ideas behind the short story which then are implanted into the movie in some way. Uh-huh. Are exciting to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like a Philip K. You know, Dick idea is more exciting to me than his his version of the medium. I think, mm-hmm. um, and maybe it just would take me like more reading. But at the, at the same time, it's like like we said earlier. Like I don't know that I'm 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 going to do that. Yeah, yeah. But that being said, like his his ideas are so interesting mm-hmm. and fun thought experiments that mm-hmm. I wonder if that plays into the success of the movie critically. Yeah, or not. Yeah. Um, because I will say I, I I liked the movie a little bit more until I read the short story and then I understood mm. that it was kind of like the goofy parts of the movie I I um and some of it was like in directing like some r- really goofy choices from yeah. Spielberg to yeah. like well the one there's one like, scene there's where like, he's like chasing his eye down a hallway right yeah things like I that. didn't okay I'm gonna be honest I didn't hate that. <laughs> That felt that felt like Indiana Jones to me. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't like it as much after having read the short story, but uh-huh. him chasing the eye, like that's Spielberg, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, but like the close up of of the first guy that's getting ready to murder his wife, mm. where he puts his glasses on and leans and look and, it's, <laughs> yeah, and like he yeah. looks over, he's like, "I forgot my glasses." I forgot my glasses right before he's gonna and like. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Why would you like this guy is so distraught over what he just saw, yeah. and now he's a clearly a, he a, was just he already, he's a mustached villain. <laughs> yeah, like he already was a psychopathic killer. It's just you, now he has an excuse. You just took all yeah. the nuance out of yeah. everything I like about this idea. It's very true. Yeah, you're basically saying yeah, yeah pre crime's dope, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but also like it's kind of not dope because like what about the cop that mm-hmm. that you're not being fair to him though yeah but yeah. that guy at the beginning like yeah now nah, he's yeah lock him away forever shave his head and make him look weird uh, so, uh, he, he may not have looked tom cruise just looked weird with the shaved head oh okay so so talking about tom cruise with the shaved head that does bring up something that i read which was that some people have have suggested that the end is something that he imagines because the end it ends with a sort of traditional happy ending kind of right he's back with i guess his ex-wife or whatever that he had a child with i think that's a a a fun thing to think Uh but i don't think that spielberg gives us any reason to believe that that's not um so let me let me give maybe i'm wrong yeah maybe i need to watch it again but i don't want to sure (laughs) (laughs) well let me give you a couple tastes of i'm on the rotten tomatoes page a couple of tastes of people who liked this movie and what they say so uh, this is from Newsweek, which is, you know, a real thing. Uh, ferociously intense, furiously kinetic. It's it's expressionist film noir science fiction that, like all good sci-fi, peers into the future to shed light on the present. I did not read this in that way at if, all. I mean, if you read the short story and understood, like, mm-hmm. more of, like, the systematic nuances, I guess. Uh-huh. That's the thing. It's like, the the things that are interesting about the short story and those ideas are in there. They didn't just leave them out. They just don't give them any weight. Yeah. Well, okay. 
uh, here's a, here's another one. This is from LA Weekly, which kind of, but this is this counts as a good review. But this kind of mirrors what we're saying by turning Dick's ironic little short story into a gargantuan thriller celebrating free choice. Spielberg has been true to his character. He's transformed something dark and scary into something softer and more comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I just think that Nailed that's. It. I think that's ninety percent. A plus. Great time at the movies. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, I won't read any more of this, but uh, yeah, I, I wanted to but, ask about that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Actually, now that now that you say all this, uh-huh. and like I, I, I have been told I need to see Minority Report for a long time. Yeah. yeah. And like I, I don't know. Like I, I could imagine like more general movie audiences getting more out of Minority Minority Report than like uh-huh. Mission Impossible, just because of the ideas. Yeah. It's it's this this hard hard to hard to comprehend mm-hmm. thought experiment with mm-hmm. like you know uh sugar on top mm-hmm. um and in that sense it could be successful but i don't think you or i are it it i don't think it's for us yeah okay i think it's for yeah but you know well we we saw minority report and that one was like that was there's some big <laughs> ideas in that but like you know uh-huh. l- luckily i got sure. uh transformers after that and like that one has some big ideas too not quite as big as minority (laughs) report but they were both pretty good well the cars were big so yeah um yeah i'm that that was that was a mean (laughs) was that mean it was mean but it was mean toward no one so it's fine it was mean toward a fictional person that you just made up okay Um, i don't know so no i mean i get that like uh, you know uh, (laughs) that's so funny but also also i i do want to say this as well like Uh This movie came out 20 years ago. Yeah. You have to put it up against other movies that were being made then. That's true. And, you know, a lot of really complex and interesting sci-fi movies have been made since. Yeah. But Blade Runner had been made, but also had been panned for a long time. Yeah. And and kind of forgotten about for a little bit until later on. I don't know. Like, it's, it's, it's... Yeah, and also, I mean, you have to put it in the context of, like... It's 2002, so we're just entering the sort of war on terror in the U.S., and we're talking about the Patriot Act, and we're talking about mass surveillance of people. And so it it could be the case that, like, these sorts of ideas—and we're talking about, like— you know, sort of martial justice without due process, like all these types of things were probably very resonant for people watching it in 2002 when they didn't know what was going to be happening in the future, you know, um, (laughs) no pun intended. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I think it's good to try to be as fair as possible to this movie. Um, and, and still, I think the, the most, our most successful critique that we've stumbled across is it's just not a good fit. Like you just, it's just not a good fit. It's not that it's incompetently made or anything like that. It's just, just doesn't work. What's good about Spielberg is not good about this idea. Those are two different things. I, I, uh, watching, watching minority, minority report first though, Mm -hmm. was helpful, um, in liking the movie a little bit more than you did. Oh, interesting. Watching Um, it beforehand. Yeah, just yeah. seeing that, not 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 having read the short story. Sure, and enjoying the fact that he can chase his eyeball down the hall. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> that read to me as like unsuccessful comedy because it felt like slapstick because it's part of his body. I don't know. It just it, yeah, but, but yeah. it felt it felt like Sam Raimi to me. Yeah, and yeah. because of that, yeah, it's it's a comedic moment in the middle, and I, I it is. I mean, it makes sense that like I felt that way because I read the short story first, where I'm like, no, I don't want any comedy in this. That's not yeah. what you know that kind of thing. So. But I do. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I, I I want comedy. Just I I, I want it in like, some stuff. I just don't want it. Well, in I, I, like I'd, I'd want it. Dang. 
I don't know. Like I, I like watching a movie with zero comedy. Yeah. Like it's unlikely that I'll ever revisit it. Like mm. I, I need, mm. I need a, I need the spectrum of mm-hmm. even if it's like it doesn't have to be like yeah laugh out loud but like situational humor is just real life yeah yeah it's true if it's if it's if it's gotta it's gotta be like the most compelling Mm -hmm. super bleak thing for me to just be into something that is just is just just a downer yeah wow someone thought of that (laughs) someone made that up (laughs) you know cool yeah did someone invite did someone invite dick to the party (laughs) Is he coming? Oh, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be a good. I, one. Well, I guess I don't <laughs> feel. I don't feel very good. I may not be able. To. I may not be able to show. Well, see, that's uh, okay. We'll have to do a, a PKD episode at some point. Um, all right. Well, do you want to? Do you have any final thoughts on either of these pieces, or do you want to? I feel. Them? I feel weird about how I've reacted to in, in this episode. Excellent. Altogether. I think that's really good. <laughs> I think that may. I think that spells for a good episode. So I don't know. I, I think it's. Right. It's. I think it's too telling of me. <laughs> It's too personal. <laughs> that's the that's the best uh, that's the best stuff to engage with is when it's yeah. it's too much. You go a little too yeah. far, and yeah. then it's that makes the best stuff. All right, you want to rate this bad boy? These bad boys? Uh, yeah. You want to go first? Um, you want me to? I'll go first because I'm gonna I'm gonna rate rate them with my dope comical <laughs> eyeballs. Okay. Bouncing down the hall. <laughs> okay. Can't, this guy, I'm like chasing, <laughs> chasing eyeballs in any sense is always good. Okay, uh, I guess, I guess it would be like if you were watching Hereditary and then spoilers for Hereditary. It'd be like if you were watching Hereditary and the brother went back to get the head and like accidentally kicked it when he was trying to pick it up. Like I don't, I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I'll give it. I'll give the movie a five. Okay. I'll give it a five. You know, it's right down the middle of like mm-hmm. I don't think it was successful in 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 the the thematically, mm-hmm. and it was just kind of too spectacly and actiony. Yeah, but Spielberg did Spielberg, mm-hmm. and I'll give it five eyeballs bouncing down the hall. Five eyeballs. Is that for both, yeah. or is that just the movie? No, um, actually, the short story. I'm I'm I, I would give the short <coughs> story. I'm going to do th- okay. Movie, mm-hmm. I'll give it a five. Okay, like if if it were on at a party, I'd watch it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'd probably like pump my fist up in the air for when the eyeball bounced down the yeah. hallway. Sure. Like, yeah, of course, it's happening. It's like you know, <laughs> it's yeah. like and then and then and yeah. then Indy like mm-hmm. really narrowly grabs his hat of and course. then like bumps his head, and it's funny. Yeah, the short story in all its bleakness mm-hmm. and um, unlikableness. <laughs> Um, I'm going to give it, I'm actually going to give it a six. Okay. okay. Cause I think, I think it's more, I, I, th- I think all the things that I don't like about the characters uh-huh. adds to it probably, honestly, probably I'm going to give it a 6.5. Okay. And the reason I'm doing that is cause I think all of the elements that I don't, don't like contribute to the themes that I like about it. Okay. So like all those pieces that yeah. aren't for me yep. add to as a whole, mm-hmm. um, like the clinical pros and the the um, not liking Anderton at all, yeah. and um, that's all part of. It doesn't feel wasted. It's part of it. It's part of the yeah. thing that I I like about um, yeah. the world and the dystopianness of it. Yeah. Um, but I'm and I'm gonna give that six. 
I went. Well, those aren't eyeballs because there weren't any eyeballs. In uh, you that, can so. you can use eyeballs. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah. You like. Okay. Six eyeballs bouncing okay. down the hall for that. But we're not sure. laughing at those eyeballs. No, there's very serious. Those eyeballs. are actually really important love- <laughs> eyeballs, and 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 <laughs> angels' wings I, get clipped I lo- <laughs> for every eyeball that he loses. I love like that you feel like this short story was so bleak, and I'm wanting to do like an episode on Thomas Ligotti, <laughs> um, because like this was this short story was sort of well, dry and clinical, but like I didn't find it bleak like it's just sort of you know not uh, super emotive um i mean so cu- i don't know if, i don't know if bleak is the word uh-huh. it's just like well i mean the idea of like i don't know bleak's probably not the word sure sure um, sure but not i i mean i know what you mean um i, I like i like emotion yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know i like i like characters who like care about things yeah and i guess the argument argument can made could be made that they really care about like pre-crime yeah. and mm-hmm. that being withheld but yeah. i totally d- disagree with pre-crime, pre-crime. <laughs> yeah of course yeah so and i think philip k dick does too i mean to be you know I, it seems clear that he does I um, think I think I don't know. I think he's on the fence. Really interesting. Yeah, okay. I I, okay. F- I feel like I could be wrong, but like yeah. you know, it, it and it is a it's it's a hard topic. It, it's like ninety nine point nine percent of crime has gone away. Mm-hmm. Most people are safe, mm-hmm. and people who were going to kill somebody are stopped. I think the I think the deal is like yeah they're stopped, but then they are vanished to a work camp. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, that's so, the deal. <laughs> yeah, so like at at what point like can yeah, I mean like yeah. let's talk about some rehab here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At, be, there might be a world in which this can work, but the yeah. way this is working is like yeah. oh no, like I want to see this thing overturned in mm-hmm. such a way and like no, he's not he's not it's like he's like I think what it is, the bleakness of it, is that in his in his idea of this world, yeah. that's not going to happen. No. People are safe. Yeah. Well, and on top of it, the alternatives, there are alternatives, but the alternative is martial law. <laughs> so it's not like, sure. you know, it's either the army runs things, which historically that's not a good idea, or on the other side of that, people are disappeared to work camps, which... Yeah. historically is not good i so. don't know man that sounds pretty bleak <laughs> okay fair <laughs> enough <laughs> yeah it sounds pretty bleak there are bleaker things uh, yeah it's true um, no it's it's true it is pretty but bleak. it's it, it's like it's like a systematic bleakness and i don't like anybody oh man. but yeah. okay but i'm gonna rate the the idea an invisible higher number okay of eyeballs because i think i think there's there's yeah. a version of this story yeah that fires on all cylinders for me i gotcha yeah, um, I, I think I think the idea is super interesting and engaging, and and makes you it it makes you wonder which side you're on. Yeah, you know, and I think we kind of just decided that like there's a version of this where like yeah, well just don't just don't like imprison those yeah. people like <laughs> work with those people yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's a great technology, but you just gotta yeah. you know. But then again, like you're 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 enslaving. You're abusing the precogs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. like. No, like this is like they yeah. got to. It's like, probably just bad. This whole thing is just, just so bad. problematic. Okay, see, maybe see if you can get the precogs like on a good like salaried plan with comprehensive health insurance yeah. and and enough days off. And see, that's then, the thing. Spielberg has you convinced that this isn't a bleak story, <laughs> right? Because uh-huh. like when you watch Spielberg's story, like you right. don't you're not thinking of the bleakness. Yeah, yeah. At all, other right. maybe the the surgery scenes super gross yeah. feeling mm-hmm. and he eats the <laughs> that was uh-huh. now that's comedy yeah. yeah that's comedy there's a there's a good sandwich and a rotten sandwich yeah. and there's a good milk and a rotten milk uh, 
and he yeah. grabs the rotten of each one. And you just want to yell into the screen, grab the better. No, not that one. No, oh no, no. And then he bites into it and he vomits. That's funny. <laughs> That's it. Thanks, Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to do, um, I'm going to rate them both an average amount and I'm going to give, I'm going to give the short story, I'm going to give it a seven. Um, yeah. because I liked it. It's not, it's not my favorite Philip K. Dick I've ever read. Um, it's certainly not my, one of my favorite short stories or anything, but I think once again, I think the idea is cool. I think it's probably something where it's a potent enough idea that he could have done a longer form story with it, where you get more out of that little world and that would make it look different, but it would still be a PKD story. I'd be cool with that. But overall, I think, I think seven for that. And then the movie I got, I'm like, I'm not you know all all the caveats about like i'm not trying to shit on spielberg he's amazing tom cruise is fine whatever he needs to quit his religion um i'm gonna give it a three i'm gonna give the movie a three <laughs> that's fair um and so <clears throat> it wasn't it, it wasn't awful it just read so much to me as a by the books just tom cruise action movie that i didn't care yeah. and i was kind of bored yeah and it, it, it's injected with the the philip k dick yeah. idea yep yep and that yep. was enough for critics Yep, exactly. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a three and a seven respectively, which I guess brings it to six, five, five and a half, something like that. I don't know. I, I'm not doing the math uh, right I now. Don't I don't care. We'll call it five and a half. I'm gonna do a five and a half across the board, and I'm going to do five and a half out of ten. Baby-faced Colin Farrells. That's what I'm going to give it. He was um, he young guy, young boy. Um, but I do want to. I do want to double down on what we said earlier, which is that hopefully, hopefully, whoever submitted this idea doesn't feel super disappointed that we didn't rate this higher. Um, I think this was incredibly successful, and I'm very happy that um, that you sent the idea in, and that we got to talk about something that we didn't choose, which is always fun and and more challenging. Than, yeah. than otherwise. So, thanks for like, sending yeah, me in. I was. I'm not even sure if I would have ever gotten around to seeing Minority Minority Report. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's a movie I've been told to see for forever, and yeah. I would have regretted not seeing that. You know what yeah. I mean? No, most definitely. Um, All so. right. Well, um, this is Common Creators Podcast. That's our Minority Report episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, Maybe you- I shouldn't have let off with not liking the short story, and it would have been a better episode. <laughs> and like you could have been like, I really like this more than you. And then fine. I could have been like talked about the fine. things I liked about it more. You know, Joe, it's a bleak episode to go along with a bleak story. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we're a, we're a dual production of Rock Andy Podcast out of Asheville, North Carolina, and the Destination Nation Network out of beautiful Louisville, Kentucky. You can let us know what you want us to talk about. Common Creators Podcast at gmail.com and Instagram is at Common Creators Podcast. So in terms of Tom Cruise running a lot and cars that drive themselves and sneaky Aquafina commercials and bouncing eyeballs and uh, bleak, non-character driven, dystopian nightmare prose, clinical prose, do you think that you concur with this one, Doctor? Well, I'll tell you this. Rotten Tomatoes says I should. <laughs> right? Yeah. It and does. those bouncing eyeballs they're fun they're always were very idea. fun it's always a so good idea. i'm going to okay i'm going i'm going to all right good you're going to that's a statement about the future which ties it all back together <laughs> okay last thought <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, oh god uh-huh. help us uh-huh <laughs> So uh, this is something I want to say earlier. So making a, uh, 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 I'm doing it quick. Making a mo- or a story about uh, 
precogs that tell the future yeah. and then like having some sort of future that doesn't happen. Uh-huh. Uh, like for example, in the movie uh-huh. where he's like, none of those futures said that like, or, or showed us that the guy like struggled to like basically make Anderton shoot him or whatever. Uh-huh. So that wasn't one of the preconceived. So yeah. where did, where did those come from? Then? Right. Right. So yep. like in your ver in the, in the short story, it completely makes sense yep. because one of those versions actually comes to mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. That's why it doesn't work in the movie. Yep. Because, like, just don't make it about precogs then. Yeah. The movie doesn't right? care about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Right. I'm done. <laughs> see, see ya. <laughs> Thank you for listening. DNN. To find out more, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.